Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Praddy once again and this is episode number 24 of season 2 of the FFS series. Now, for those of you who are listening to this particular series, you'll know that this unlike our sister series the MWF entails a deeper dive or discussion into certain topics that have occurred either in the past week or past month, something that we haven't covered. because we've had other topics so that's somewhat this particular podcast this episode was essentially going to ha- was supposed to happen last week but again due to scheduling conflicts luckily we had another podcast at that point of time so things kind of shifted and here we are nonetheless for this particular episode we're going to be discussing the rumor or the story that came out i think a few weeks ago about india being a potential replacement for either qatar or australia in uh, this year's copa america and to help me discuss this in greater detail we've got three guests on the podcast today uh, two of them have been on the podcast before and one hasn't so i guess as it is the norm with our pre- all of our episodes on this particular series we'll start with introductions and uh, yeah i guess we will obviously do it in alphabetical order and so i guess we we'll start with joey so joey why don't you tell us a bit about yourself Hi, I'm Joey, and this, I'm one of the founding members of uh, Blue Pilgrims. And uh, basically, you and I have been following Indian football for quite some time now. I'm a East Bengal fan, and yeah, I'm also when it comes to European teams, I support West Bromwich Albion. That's pretty much about uh, why I uh, follow football. Uh, I'm also a lot into supporter culture and supporter culture research, and I base a lot of my work based on football fans, not really football, the game per se, but the fans and the culture surrounding it. So that's me. Wow, West Bromwich Albion of all the okay. Uh, that that's probably a story I'll probably save for another day. But yeah. I'm glad that we could have one on this podcast. But all right, uh, next we move on to Goridas and Goridas. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? I I'm Goridas. I'm from Guwahati. Um, if I am following in Indian football, like since I remember, I can remember, and I have been a fan of Notts United since its inception. and been a part of the highlander brigade and the two pilgrims as well the, uh, for the last two or three years and really great uh, glad to be here and awesome and uh, to those of you who listened to our podcast before and especially season 1 goridas was a part of that uh, i think towards the end of season 1 we discussed i think was it it was racism in india in indian football right yeah racism we talked about racism in indian football yes Yeah. Uh no it, it was a really interesting episode so you probably have to go check that out but uh yeah another thing also you know it, it was such a good campaign from Northeast United I'm sure you must be really proud of that. Yeah. All right. And I guess now we move on to our last panelist or last guest for today's podcast and that is Sandeep. Uh Sandeep would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Hi I'm Sandeep. I'm professionally following the uh, as a journalist uh, covering indian football for nearly a decade now so yeah the more i learn about indian football the less i'm fan of anybody so that's that's where i stand <laughs> awesome and uh, sandeep also has his own podcast called injury time and uh, sandeep would you like to tell us a bit about that as well before we move on yeah so uh, it's a podcast that we do exclusively on uh, indian football we have panel discussions during the season some fan interactions as well uh, and often uh, we get players or coaches or you know technical directors etc to come on the show and uh, talk about what they're doing for the clubs and teams and generally storytelling and things like that 
Awesome. Yeah. And you please go and check that out. It's it's a very interesting podcast, especially for if you're interested in the Indian game. And even if you just generally do like podcasts about football, you should probably go check it out. It's very, very insightful. Uh, all right. And I guess now let's move on to the topic at hand. And uh, I suppose the first question that I have for each and every one of you on this podcast is, what were your reactions when you read about that particular story? I guess, Gauritas, let's start with you. To be honest, when I first heard, and the way the news was broken, it was like, I didn't know how to react, actually. Because, you know, the news was, India had an opportunity to be part of Copa America, but due to scheduling issues, those India couldn't take part. So I was very, you know, in the beginning, I was skeptical about the news. As You know, even now, I'm not sure how true it is. Because I've seen in many different, you know, football related channels also but it was a great opportunity if it is true you know it is one of the biggest opportunities to have come for india in the most in the recent years yeah i mean to begin with in the goridas is absolutely right the way the story was broken itself was like you know it was like a missed opportunity and for me the first reaction which i had was like you know like why do we have to portray everything in indian football as a missed opportunity like why does it everything comes down to the fact that oh we were supposed to be here but we were not here and from yeah. that particular point of view, I was like, you know, this is another gimmick which is being sold because, you know, if something really was supposed to happen, it would have been broken like that. Right. I mean, it does definitely sound like an Arsene Wenger story that, you know, I had the chance, I had this opportunity to sign, but I didn't. And we've heard countless, num- numerous times, you know, stories like that. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Gauritas. Yeah, exactly. That's what, like, if something so big had happened, this should have been, like, you know, they should have come up with the news earlier, at least. Or, I mean, I don't know what to say exactly. As to, you know, it's very, as we said, like every time, you know, it's always like complaining that we we could have done this, but now due to this, you know, so there's some, you know, yeah, users and more excuses it's, every it's, time. It's like it's one of like, those numerous number of players who've gone abroad to the UK, had trials with so and so clubs. We all know that stupid story, which has been like the same. You know, the same frame that has been fit into many different stories across in the last two decades. And we've been around in Indian football for almost two decades now, when me at least, and I refuse to believe that. And, you know, when somebody comes with a story like that, you know, either if it's not materialized, you don't talk about it because it's not something, it's like saying, you know, I was supposed to get married, but I didn't get married, but I put it in the paper that I was supposed to get married. You don't do stupid things like that. So you don't beat the drums over something that's not going to happen. Maybe, like, see, now the news is like, yeah, they said 2021 is not happening, so maybe the next time. So it would, you know, it was better, I think, like, if we if we skip this part and directly went, like, yeah, we have gotten a call from, uh, for the next episode or for the next event edition. Yeah. Something like that would have been more positive. Yeah, like it's, more of, this is, it's a framing problem. That's what, that's what we, you know, in psychology, it's, it's the way you frame the, you know, the news that you break. You can frame it in a way which can make you feel hopeful, which is exactly what they did. And you, you can frame it in a way which looks at the thing in a much more positive sense. You know, like, okay, we have been told that we will be a possibility in, 2000, in the next edition. If that was the headline, I would have been, you know, actually very proud of the of the federation that, okay, maybe, you know, they tried and they couldn't and, you know, they'll keep trying till they can get it. But here they made it sounded like, you know, it's like, oh, we tried our best, but we everything and all, but you know, like we're trying, we've always tried, 
ever and it's never worked out in our favor but they've told us that okay maybe next time we'll, we'll look out for you that's how it's sounded like and we've had enough of that it sounds too ridiculous anymore all right uh i want to know from sandeep because i think you are probably the best equipped to kind of i know you deal with stories like this on a on a daily or weekly basis so i just want to know from your perspective how did you perceive the articles that had come out regarding the story so pretty much similar to how the uh, joey and uh, goridas has said it is that stories like this when you're a journalist uh, you sort of have a feel for this and the stories like this generally break before it happens and not after it failed to happen and uh, it was quoted uh, from kushaldas and he is obviously i mean as a rule of thumb i don't trust anything that aff says or uh, you know claims and any of these things their statement directly means absolutely uh, nothing to me because they have lied and they've done so many things and kushaldas even last year only with the isl afc cup slot he created such a furor without knowing what is actually going to happen and how it was decided in the first place and just by saying the finalist uh, the losing finalist get the the other afc cup slot so these kind of things keep happening having said that india apparently got the opportunity because australia and qatar had the scheduling conflicts and right. india also couldn't go because of scheduling conflict at the same time so if there was no scheduling conflict the other two countries would have gone in the first place. and uh, i got it from a pretty good authority that it is quite exaggerated as the news system aff is trying to you know beat their own drum saying like you know, we are doing this we are trying to get into the afc sorry to the copa america and things like that at first they should try to qualify for the asian cup in a regular basis i think that's where we should start copa america and all you can uh, look into later so yeah, yeah this, this is just uh, another one of those ploys like you see when they say right oh india beat italy indian juniors beat italy juniors mm-hmm. and then we find out that it is like some third division club players and not the italian national team so these kind of things they just keep lying to us so why would we believe it if you if you look at the narrative that has been sold it's is extremely disheartening to know that you know on on the surface there is this uh, beautiful picture that has been painted to the rest of the world and inside you know it's just like a, you know that nobody really trusts the federation the media the fans and everybody so it's it's, a, it's sort of disheartening and the problem is every time the narrative and news like this comes to the uh, forefront you know there are a lot of new people who are entering in so on a day to day basis and we get it guys for that and we absolutely agree that guys has a big role to play in new new you know new fans coming into the spectrum but the thing is that the moment these people enter and they hear stuff like this the expectations reach a higher level and then suddenly the next day they're like you know nowhere again right so it creates a type of turbulence in their mindset towards the game in india and also towards the federation and that is exactly the reason that we've had while growing up in indian football where we expect so much of the federation we've been sold a narrative and yet nothing has happened so this pattern keeps on continuing for generations and generations and you know just nothing good comes out everybody is like you know perpetually pissed off with the federation and they refuse to even look at the good when they actually maybe do something good so that's the kind of distrust and loss of faith that has happened i mean we are the we are the hype nation that's what we are we are the woo girls of the footballing world we just go there and you know say oh yeah they're doing this they're doing that but look it's 
Indian football is in very dire straits. Whatever people may say, uh, the money that is spent is not proportionate. Uh, the, the bottom side of the pyramid is absolutely messed up. There is no money anywhere. The people who are paying in the ISL are overpaying for players. There is no sustainability in the long term. You'll see more clubs closing down. That's just a matter of time. And it all sounds dystopian, but it starts at the federation who just wants head, good headlines and things like that. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense to me that why you would even entertain all these kind of things. But the fact is our federation wants to go. I mean, if this was actually a legit, legitimate chance, right? They would have yeah. actually come up with and say, oh, no, we are trying to get it. Just to see if he, just to even put some pressure on the South American, uh, on the Copa American organizers to say, oh, look, there is a groundswell on Twitter and on Facebook from the Indian media. They really want this to happen. You might get a lot more eyeballs on this if you let us in. And these are all business tactics, right? And obviously, yeah. they didn't do any of this. So I don't see put any value in the fact that this was even a point of discussion or something that we should be you know, talking about. See, as uh, Sandeep has men- mentioned, we should go and maybe we should, our federation should go and try. But I don't, I, I really doubt, that, you know, that the people who are heading our federation are capable of, you know, even talking to, the, you know, to, to approach them. Because that as the, the way the, the news that has been broken out, it's not like India approached. Kushaldas, it was allegedly his statement. Uh, the Australians, they vouched for India. Yeah. It's not that our federation went and did something. It's, it's, not, it's not something to be proud, you know. Yeah, it's, for a country, maybe it's just something, you know, you should be proud, you know, if we get a chance to play. But as a federation, there's nothing to be proud of. It's not like a big achievement for the, you know, our federation as such. If it actually had happened, we have our Australian counterparts pass to thank. So there's nothing, so, you know, the, the way it has been blown out, the way it has been put in public everywhere. People, you know, as Joey has mentioned, you know, many, I, I see many of my friends who have started following football recently the last two, three years, maybe since, you know, ISL started. So I see many of them sharing all this news in, you know, social media, in Facebook, in WhatsApp. So when they, you know, now they have already mentioned, you know, they are feeling very elated about the way Federation is projecting this thing. But, you know, they will realize in in a few years' time, I guess, as we have already, you know, know, being, it's utterly disappointing, you know, yeah, uh, you look at it like, for example, Goridas said that it's it's look it's like a third degree favor. It's not like the organizers of the tournament came and approached us. They went to Australia. Australia refused. Then Australia recommended us, and then Australia said that we are a good fit. And this has been packaged into saying that this was an opportunity for India to be, which which we could not afford to you know like we could not take up for so and so reasons. So. It's like, I mean, where is the where is your credibility and where is the nation's credibility? When you're portraying something like this, you're you're basically putting in the mindset that we as a nation are bending, and we rely on other nations to prove our credibility to a federation, right? And why do we have to do that? Like, if if you really are not that capable, then stay in your own lane. You don't need to go out of your lane, right? Just stay in the in play games in Asia. I mean, that should be a first uh, focus, right? Because you have to you know, play teams which are of the same level as you. Right. It, it kind right. of seems like, you know, uh, you, when you when you uh, t- try and teach a toddler to swim, you throw them off into the deep end. That's, you know, you're trying to get ahead of yourself. 
that's essentially what i'm trying to say uh, no, that that's what it kind of that. it's not even that it's not that you're trying to get ahead of yourself that might be a good thing the thing is that you're trying to portray that you're trying to get ahead of yourself but also saying that oh i am trying to get ahead of myself because somebody else has helped me it's like oh somebody has put put a helping hand it's not because of something which i have done myself you know it's like oh australia has told me that okay you yeah. can you, you know like india india is uh, is a good fit so okay so we take in india so it's like that so there's no logic i mean right. you can go on cribbing about this forever yeah <laughs> yeah more of a yeah, point is like australia and india qatar we are all in the same confederation so if australia yeah. would, would have scheduling is just we would have the same due to the qualifier so it's like really stupid to you know to believe such thing like i am really i find it really hard to believe you know that australia who are playing the same confederation will be our you no know, qualifiers will be scheduled more or less the same time so it's really hard to believe that this actually can happen you know Yeah so, so Sandeep uh, the I mean Gorilas brings up a good point and you also mentioned I the way I read about it I, I or I heard about it was that I thought they weren't going to play Copa America because of the pandemic or something like that but if it's scheduling conflict I mean wouldn't Copa have known about these games that were going to come up or even if they were coming up I mean this is a huge tournament for Australian Qatar to miss I mean why why can I prioritize something that's I mean, a domestic versus something where they could go international. I mean, it was a qualifiers that uh, was happening at that time. They obviously have to prioritize the qualifiers. Okay. Regularly, it wouldn't have happened at the it wouldn't the dates wouldn't have clashed. But because of the pandemic, it has been pushed to June and things of that nature. So that is why there was a scheduling conflict. And maybe in conversation with Australia when they were pulling out, they said, "I don't know, ask India." <laughs> and uh, that might be all that was to it or maybe then copa the american organizers would be like oh india maybe and then immediately we made a news out of it that's what uh, indian aiff does anyway so you know exaggerate and uh, paint themselves like this uh, i don't know bastion of hope for indian football and things but they really need to have a look at themselves and get their priorities right i mean right they have eight years right i mean it's four years or eight years how many other years that praful patel is hoping to sit there Indian football is not going to go from zero to a hundred in that time. There is no way in his time that Indian football is going to the football level is just going to climb up and be one of the best teams in Asia and compete with South Koreas and the Japans and the you know Australias of the world. That's just not going to happen. He needs to look at it in the long term future. And your legacy will be settled ten years, fifteen years, twenty years down the line when they say, "Oh, you know what? This all started because you put us in the right direction." you can't keep looking for good headlines at this point and it has to be a long term problem is sandeep the problem is sandeep people in power they never think in the term of their legacy exactly that's the thing right in in that's 10 in 10 years time they always think in terms of what will happen today and how much i can you know make a name for myself today and so and so i mean to be honest they don't care and they're just there because you know because of their own personal incentives and i'm not really ashamed to say that and yeah, you know i mean totally totally understandable like japan has a 100 year project the people who started it started it knowing that uh, they will never see it come to fruition in their lifetime and that that sacrifice right you set it up for the next guy and by not far away they are already in the knockouts of the world cup they are in the finals of the asian cups and you know they are doing very well for themselves so you have to set it up in such a manner otherwise it doesn't make any sense you just uh, you know blindly walking into one wall and the other and the other after. and the thing is that the narrative that has been sold that the indian football world cup dream 
and you know every year and every child and every fan is seeing it either from their you know on, on twitter or on facebook or you know whenever they are in the stadium and even in the heads all the time they, they believe at some point of time that they are going to see india in the world cup you know that goal setting is so wrong because you know i know mr praful patel also knows that that is not going to happen and he'll keep pushing on the deadline like 19 uh, 2030 2034 then he said 2038 we've been pushing the deadline the deadline was supposed to be 2022 if you remember clearly right i mean many yeah, it's already eight years from whichever year is yeah. <laughs> so many years back we had already said 2022 by 2022 india will be in the world cup and it's already been postponed to 12 years 2034 and we know that 2034 that then is also going to be missed we haven't been able to qualify for the asian cup on, on our own meritors we have to get in through you know some back door stupid cup i mean this time um, if you don't qualify it's just shameful yeah. because they've increased you have to get into some back door stupid cup and nobody understands this in india they think that, that okay we won the nehru cup, cup right? in 2011 yeah yeah they, but they that was probably the best team we had in recent history to be fair the power yes. team and that too we have to get in through some stupid cup i mean by not 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 our merit and our focus should be to qualify for the afc cup on merit and to progress to the next stage and instead of that we are, our goal setting is so wrong it's so lofty that you know i don't understand that you know even many of these indian football fans you know they just dream 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 and dream and dream and they, they forget that you know some federation is just taking them on a ride year after year year after year after year and that is where you know we fail to organize as fans to put pressure on the federation that listen that is what malaysia did that is what ultras malaya did they got together and put pressure on the federation and they said that enough is enough stop your bullshit you stop fm bangsat was the fm is the uh, malaysia what do you say federation bangsat means uh, bastard okay fm bangsat they ran a campaign and they stopped the match in the middle of uh, the world cup qualifiers and they said that till the fm president resigns we will not let malaysia play and that that is the type of thing i'm not we don't even want to get there we don't want to get volatile we want people to raise their voices we have social media we have you know we have people who are concerned about indian football we want them to start talking and look we don't want you to talk about the world cup we want to talk about achievable goals so that tomorrow the kids who grow up playing indian football know what is the target instead of thinking about the world cup and you know just wasting away the life dreaming right okay now i just want to know what is i sandeep or goydas or even joy what what is it like why would the F federation do what does it do for them in terms of is it just simply to get a headlines and to get people looking you know their eyeballs raised and looking at you know seeing india as being some sort of a potential or promising giant of sorts or you know what what is it in for them because like you said another year or so people are going to look through the bullshit that they've you know spread all over right so kind of what is it for them why are they queuing this sort of news stories when it doesn't do them any favors because they just look at the the immediate thing they get some headlines get some mileage uh and then into in like a year's time when people are wondering what's going to happen they'll put something else this is just a repeat performance that they'll keep doing and that's about it when I mean, there is nothing really much to gain from this other than you know suddenly there's a interest in indian football and they'll be like these guys are the ones who did it like if you look at it they are supposed to have changed the federations the people holding in power should have changed by now 
but uh, they found some loophole here and there saying that it's not properly written in the bylaws and the amendments that were made and so we have to wait we can't have the election and things like that so obviously they are doing whatever they can to hold on to power and they'll ensure that they will do this and they've done this in so many different things like they promised that the hero i league will be kept as the flagship for a long time and you saw it diminish by even when it was a first division and now suddenly demoted it to second division so exactly exactly that's the point like they what they have done is like you know keep the uh, keep the you know the real stake all the that is the fans they have kept us every time behind the curtains you know keeping you know giving all this bullshit you know sharing such you know hyped up stories and then the only thing they have achieved is i think you know creating a division in, in the fans which is very you know if you are following indian football if you are part of the discussions which you know in whatsapp or whatever social media we can clearly see there is a division within the i league and the isl both the set up set of fans are you know are very dedicated towards their own team towards the cause but what the federation has achieved in all this is they have divided the fans and they have distracted the fans from getting to the real topic which is you know which we should be you know looking at you know the bullshit that is happening around so they have put a facade in front of us you know showing this all this bullshit thing about world cup and all this shit and then you know they are doing all their you know playing through the loopholes and you know distracting us from the real topic that's what i think the federation has really achieved in all these years and i like all before we were talking about this you know since in 2002 i remember the you know when the world cup was happening in japan korea that the trophy had traveled to india and i had read an article that time i was like i was i had just you know i i was like you can say a beginner in you know i've started following you know properly indian about in, on indian football so i was very hopeful of the indian you know the world cup dream that they used to so it was not even 2022 then that time i had even me as a kid you know as a 10 11 year old kid 12 year old kid i had a dream you know india will be playing in in the world cup so you know in very soon and then when the world cup the, the trophy traveled to india there was a you know bachung butia was also part of the campaign and yeah. there was an article uh, of him in the you know which really broke my heart and which really you know showed me the reality i couldn't believe in i didn't believe in what he said at first so what he said exactly was you know i exactly forgot the number of years he mentioned he said at this stage india is not going to qualify for the world cup for you know you forget about you know the target they are setting in the next 20 30 years they are not going we, we are not going to achieve the way we are and as a kid as a you know big you know follower who you know young boy who had started to is following you know indian football it was really heartbreaking for me especially because it came from baichum and right now the, we need someone like you know from the players as well or the you know the people who have some authority not to speak up you know, like baichung did in 2002 you know that that will maybe open you know little bit the eyes of the fans a little bit right and uh, the last probably question that i have was one of the things that i was slightly uh, taken aback by or was slightly confused or puzzled by was the fact that the asian what's what's it the contingent the asian contingent has so many teams that are probably ranked are definitely ranked higher than india so why do you think australia would have vouched the story that australia vouched for india why do you think i mean they would have mentioned india i'm sure there were other teams that were probably there is there some sort of connection between the uh, you know australian and indian federations that kind of led to this or why do you think first of all i don't think it's logical to recommend anybody because one of the teams you know in asia would have been playing the qualifiers right yeah. so if australia would have backed out because they had the qualifiers no other team could join because they also they had the qualifiers right 
True. I mean, but I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Say. So in that in, case, like the first premise where the federation is portraying the fact that Australia recommended us is shaky. You know, that's what I yeah. find it difficult to believe. Right? Yeah. Because you know, like everybody in that federation is playing. Uh, in the AFC is going to play qualifiers at that point of time. Now, how can Australia back out and uh, recommend somebody from the same federation uh, from from the same uh, continent? Continent. It just is just it doesn't make sense. And so, I mean. after that you come to the point where you where you say whether australia and india have a good relationship to recommend india which first that whole point where they frame the sentence versus the australia recommended us is doubtable in the first then comes the next part i think like like, like sandeep has already mentioned like the closest scenario we can think of is the way sandeep, sandeep mentioned like uh, sorry you know guys we are having our you know we are having our uh, qualifiers why don't you ask india and if you look yeah. at it properly if this had this scenario mm-hmm. this is the thing that had happened it is like you, you can say it's demeaning you know it's very mm-hmm. like insult it, it, it's not like a, it, it it would be insulting to us if yeah. you take it right you know properly so it's like we are, we are we we have a chance to qualify for qualifiers india they are already you know if if they did say this if they did recommend or did if they did mention india no there's no other way than saying this what yeah. how is like india india won't qualify so you can you can ask them anyway not qualifying so why don't you ask them yeah. <laughs> how else can yeah. you do that you know how better can you put it i don't understand it's 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 really yeah. sandeep i yeah i just want to get sandeep thoughts on this also before we kind of so oh, essentially uh, this is what i uh, i would say right they suggested fine maybe if there was no covid situation and problems uh, it was slightly different in bangladesh and something else you might have played earlier blah, 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 but these are all different buts and probably would have never comes to pass even in that case as well but india will continue to in my this is my opinion india will continue to find themselves in such conversations because of a couple of reasons one is that uh, we have slowly but surely found ourselves having a representative in afc and now asia i mean uh, fifa as well who's always going to pull for asia and the financial clout of uh, fsdl behind him as well and then simply that india is such a big market you can see all these european countries uh, all the clubs and all these people looking to you know tie up with people in india with clubs in india have their academies bring their players over and things like that because they realize what a big massive market this is and sort of untapped because a lot of the people in india don't follow indian football so they follow uh european football yeah. so you can get people to be more invested in their product than the local product and that would be ideal for them they spend more money you know on uh, chelsea kids or the manchester kids things like that and if for example will be something like a sevilla tie up with fc bangalore united which is uh, unveiled last last month or maybe a little yeah. over a month something like that fcbu plays a second they play in the bangalore super division they going to play the second division they are not even in the second tier of the, the footballing landscape in india but they managed to get a tie up with sevilla who is one of the big names in european football europa league winners it's just because of the number of people uh, that the market that india provides so they'll continue to feature in discussions purely because of that uh, based on footballing merit uh, not so much because if you look at it we said the oh, league that sparked it all went to afc cup uh, blah 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 beat the thailand team who were uh, in tatters at that time because there was internal struggles with the coach and things like that going on and then proceeded to not qualify and get out of the team of the top 3 teams could have potentially gone from that group and they finished dead last in that group 
So that just shows where we are right now. We might flex muscles and say we do can do this, we can do that, but uh, at the level that we are, I don't think we'll be anywhere close to doing anything like that. Any even even just qualifying to the first knockout from the group stage would be an amazing achievement for India in the coming AFC Cup. Yeah, I understand. Similar lines only. I agree what as you said. You know, as fans, like you know, uh, we have to be very. There are very few people actually who are talking the truth, who are talking the bitter truth. Actually, you know, people are happy. That the sad thing is, people are happy with all this. You know, plastering all this. You know, facade that you know this show of. You know, people are sharing this like wildfire, but. A discussion like this, or there have been many other serious discussions also. So these things usually don't go into people's. That's a very sad thing, which you know we have to, you know, as fans, we have to continue working for it. We have to forget it. the biggest thing here is we have to forget the differences that we have. Now, India, as a, in every podcast or every discussion, we mentioned this that we have to forget the differences about the clubs or whatever to bring Indian football. You know. Or the league, you know, I league, ISL. There's a big, 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 you know, debate going on. I league, whether I league should be the top league or ISL. Now it, there's no point of discussing it anyway. That, you know, but AIFF has been doing this since time immemorial. You know, that telling something on the face and doing telling something on, then doing something else totally, you know, opposite. You know, when I league started, it was supposed to be. It was it was started on the model of J league. If I you know, if I correctly remember, you know, so in ten years, you know, that totally the thing we we cannot continue with one thing. That's the thing, you know. Ten years we experiment with something, but then we don't do it with whole heart. That's the thing. And then another ten years we come up with something. ISL. I don't know how long. I hope. I don't know. Seriously, you know, uh, the condition that it is right now. Right. Hope everything you know. We can just hope. That's the thing. And but yeah. the thing we can hope, we can just continue to keep hope and you know let them do whatever they do. Or we can you know get together and you know actually you we stand for the for football in the country. Yeah, and I guess that's the perfect time to call it a day. Uh, I I don't want it to get even more depressing than it is than it sounds right now. But I guess. we will save this for another time hopefully you know there are better stories more believable stories in the near future and hopefully certain miracles happen in terms of indian football but i guess for now that's all the time we have so thanks goridas joy and sandeep for being a part of the podcast it was a pleasure having you on here and i can't wait to host you whether it be for similar such podcast you know talking about uh, indian football or we talk about you know t teams that you support whether it be northeast united or we talk west bromwich albion which i'd love to at some point of time and uh, i know sandeep you support chelsea so we'd love to have you on for those kind of podcasts as well either we review games or we talk about your clubs in greater detail yeah uh, thank you thank you yeah looking forward to be on the podcast some other time sounds good awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys. And uh I guess to those of you listening, I didn't mention it at the start, but there will be a part 2. So I guess this is it for part 1 and I'll catch you with part 2 soon. See you. All right. Now, welcome back to episode number 24 of the FFS series. This is part 2. And for part 2, we're going to be reviewing the recent draw, quarterfinal and semifinal draw that happened for the UEFA Champions League women and we're going to be talking to a whole lot of fans but on this podcast we've got 
three fans uh, or three guests and they've been on the podcast before and i think before we get to asking their thoughts on the draw we'll start with introductions and so i guess we'll do it in alphabetical order as it is always so we start with pilarima so pilarima would you like to tell us a bit about yourself hi hi everyone i am back i don't remember the last time i was on the podcast it's been too I long it was season 1 right <laughs> yeah. i yeah I, i remember the number of times i've asked you that's been more than times than <laughs> but i'm glad yeah, yeah exactly so i'm glad to be back i am sudarima and i am an ardent fan of the women's game and an ardent supporter of women's football in india but i'm here representing the chelsea women supporters group from shillong awesome yeah i was about to anyway say that if you weren't that you were you uh, it's a really <laughs> found group as well which is great to hear because i had a podcast i think a few weeks ago talking to arden and he's the he's a member of the men's group in shillong yes yes yeah and at that so, point i only found found that and then when you mentioned it it's like okay not bad it's cool that you guys like just recently formed it it's quite nice yes we just launched it uh, earlier this week so awesome. it's been interesting and it's like really nice to have like the men's the men's from the chelsea supporters group being so supportive and encouraging you know they were the ones who you know kept on encouraging us to start the women's supporters group so here we are oh that sounds nice that that's really nice to hear uh i mean it's just not that like you and a few of your friends kind of just decided it's good that you know they there is there is a need for support here especially from the men's yeah. game as well and i'm glad that you got it that awesome uh, and i can't wait to hear your thoughts on the draw as well so uh now we move on to radha and radha would you like to tell us a bit about yourself Yeah hi I'm Radha I'm back Padman thanks for having me I am representing Chelsea but I would like to talk about uh, the other teams as well I think we this is a top 8 that has never been more competitive when it comes to the women's champions league so it's going to be a very interesting four matches and then obviously from there on out it's going to get even tougher so yeah I'm looking forward to this discussion Awesome yes definitely uh more than the city and uh, Chelsea I mean discussions which will definitely get more interesting to hear about some of the other teams which probably okay the reason I only have city and chelsea fans because it's damn pretty hard, damn hard to find fans of other teams is I mean I know I tried to do as much twitter research as I could but it is difficult but I'm glad that you know it, this should be the start hopefully people listening to this and people who are fans of those clubs kind of you know take notice of this and probably want to have more conversation that would this would be the starting of it so that'll be great uh so yeah thanks radha and like i mentioned we can't wait to hear your thoughts on this draw and i mean if you want a more visual representation of the draw please go ahead and head out to radha's channel called she talks ball where she probably she did a you know a re- reaction to the draw with a sister uh you should probably yeah. get I mean, <laughs> it, it was it, a very it was, spontaneous thing we did but yeah it, it turned out to be quite funny so i thought i'll just upload it but yeah it's she talks ball on youtube and twitter you can check it out then yeah and uh yeah her sister the mystic who probably predicted two or the three <laughs> two or the four draws that happened as uh crazy but yeah go check it out it's not going to be a long one it's like what 3 minutes or minute. so yeah so go out and check that out yeah, it's on youtube uh, all right and lastly we've got rahul and rahul would you like to tell us a bit about yourself hello uh and i'm uh, you know i'm rahul i've been on the show before i'm a man city fan um and like i said you know uh, i was watching the draw as well it was very intense uh and I, and i can't wait to discuss you know the matchups and the potential matchups in the quarter final sorry in the semi final and the final Awesome and uh, 
to those of you listening to this podcast uh once you're done listening to this episode please do head out uh to rahul's podcast as well it's called back to the drawing board and uh, they talk about a lot of things to do either with the women's game or the men's game talking tactics talking you know things that happened in the past and comparing them to players right now uh, it's really inter- really interesting stuff and uh yeah definitely go listen to that but uh just because you're on my podcast right now please do finish listening to this episode before you do that yeah <laughs> all right thank you all right uh so let's start with the draw and i guess the first initial reactions is i want to know whether you were happy or satisfied with the draw in general and then we'll kind of talk about your specific teams as well so philarima let's start with you did you kind of uh, what what did you make of that entire quarter final draw as well as the semi final draw uh honestly i am really looking forward to the game against wolfsburg because i think it's revenge time for chelsea actually <laughs> I mean they uh, Wolfsburg they've actually ended three of our you know campaigns in the European League in the Champions League so I think it's high time that we get our revenge back on Wolfsburg so really looking forward to the draw I mean to the games actually Awesome uh, and rather your thoughts on it as well Yeah I mean mirroring Philarema I think it's it's high time we have the Wolfsburg centerpiece trump card whatever you want to call it Pernilla's on our side and it's it's a, it's a very comforting feeling that pernilla is telling all of wolfsburg's secrets to the chelsea team and on the contrary you might say that wolfsburg knows pernilla's secrets but th- there is a saying that i i it's not a saying i saw it on twitter actually but you might know all her secrets but you still can't stop her and i think that that's very rings true so i'm really looking forward to that matchup but other than that obviously we have a potential psg leon matchup which is like arguably one of the biggest derbies when it comes to women's football so it's going to be really interesting to see that one pan out obviously psg still have to qualify they haven't played their round of 16 game um but i'm i'm assuming that they're going to make it through and then we have barcelona versus man city rahul can probably elaborate more but that's going to be probably the match of the quarter finals going to be the most intense and bayern versus rosengard bayern have been on a golden run with their uh, bundesliga form so i see them comfortably um cleaning up this quarter final and knocking rosengard out i'm sure mia has some similar thoughts but yeah that's my initial reaction yeah thanks for that and uh, because you name dropped mia she uh, she probably be sending us a recording about her thoughts on that particular game uh, she unfortunately couldn't be here because she's busy with uh, her work her professional job as a f- uh, football photographer and uh, yeah hopefully we can hear from her as well okay so this is the deal it didn't matter which team rosengard would have drawn uh, because they are not going to be favorite no matter which team they had played so uh, this is going to be a tough one uh, and i look at this in two ways one uh, they're not in their season in sweden we don't play uh, this time of the year they're in the be- beginning of the, their seasons it's pre-season here and they have played a couple of friendlies the cup started this weekend uh that's one uh, thing that's going to make it hard for rosengard to <laughs> proceed further uh, in the champions league uh, the other thing is that they only got 16 players uh, because uefa rules said that you you couldn't register more than 3 new players and since uh, the season uh, ended here in november uh, it's silly season for us right now so that's the other thing uh, and i think they're they're going to have to play at the top of their game uh, at the same time as bayern will have to play uh, you know maybe one of their 
not so good games. Uh, and since uh, Rosengard will start away uh, in Bayern, I think, yeah, Bayern should win this. But at the same time, as a Swede, I will think this is going to be a great uh, game to watch, to see where they are compared to uh, Bayern Munich. So let the game begin. And next, lastly, we've got Rahul. Rahul, what did you make of that draw? Especially because, I mean, I'm just going to throw in a little banter here because Man City are known to have probably the fair, the easiest of draws when it comes to the men's sport. But here you've kind of drawn one of the tougher teams in Barcelona. So what did you make of it though? It was actually fascinating, you know, because I remember sitting and watching the draw and I was, you know, just thinking to myself, don't give us Chelsea, don't give us Chelsea. Because I, I didn't want both English teams to draw each other that soon. And now that the draw has happened, the only way they face each other would be in the final. But it was kind of fascinating to me because I think it was around the, you know this time last year when I started watching the UWCL. And you know I, I haven't watched a lot of Barcelona, I haven't watched a lot of the other teams uh, play. But I've been hearing and I've heard that you know they're, they're a very good side. They've been on fire this season in, in La Liga. I, I remember posting on that tweet you know, where, where they've scored 90 and they've conceded only 3. Uh, and they have a goal difference of plus 87 in 18 games, which is bonkers. Uh, which, you know, it, it scares me because you, know, you wouldn't want to face a team like that. But, you know, I don't I don't know how we do it in the, in the UWCL. I, I hope we can... We blew Fiorentina away, but this is just different opposition, different class. So, I, I guess we, we have to be on our, on our toes and, you know, try and match them uh, in, in our performances. Right. Okay. And, and sticking with this particular game, from Man City's perspective... Because you're also going to be challenging for the WSL, how important will it be in terms of balancing both kind of games? Because unlike if you had probably gotten Rosengard, you could have maybe said the WSL, you prioritize your bigger players for that. But given that you've drawn such a big team, how does Gareth Taylor go about you know balancing such a uh, tough fixture? It's a pretty... Like, yeah, I mean, he, he, he will be in a situation because whenever you're involved in a lot of competition, competition, sorry, it always comes down to rotating properly and, and you know, trying to put your best players in whenever you can. Uh, because I know it's not possible for everyone to play every game uh, or to play every three or four days. Uh, but but I think he, you know, he he did well to, you know, put rotate players in the Fiorentina game as well. Uh, the second leg that just happened. So a lot of the players who, who haven't played for a little bit. Again, see, the, the WSL obviously, you know, head-to-head with Chelsea, the two points ahead. Uh, this, this, these two games now in the Champions League. Uh, it's, it's very tough to see, you know, the likes of say Mewes or, or Lavelle or you know all our superstars be here. Everyone playing every game. But you know, I would like to see it happen. Uh, I, I think Yara Taylor will be able to manage with the rotation. You know, I completely believe in him with regards to that. But yeah, it, it's going to be a tough period, and it's crucial for us at least to not draw points in the WSL till that Chelsea game, till that important month. Uh, in April, uh, like closer to the end of April. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see, you know, how we go about it. And what do you think? I know you mentioned certain statistics which are quite mind-boggling that even I don't think I just registered them. But <laughs> in terms of what what do you expect from Barcelona and how and what do you think Man City need to do in order to... I know they're quite an attacking side in Barcelona as well. How do you see Man City go about neutralizing that attack? Uh, it's again that that's another interesting discussion because for City also you know and we talk about the attack only and how lethal uh, the likes of Lauren and Joey Kelly 
and you know when they're putting balls into the box for Ellen White, you know she finishes them. And even our midfielders are, are very clinical that way. So it's two really good attacks, uh, you know that that have been pit against each other uh, in this tie. But yeah, I think defensively, like I said, I haven't seen much of Barcelona, so I don't know. Uh, and talking to a few other friends, I heard that they've had a relatively comfortable time in La, in La Liga. Uh, whilst for us, I think we've we've been okay defensively, uh, haven't conceded uh, goals. Uh, I mean, recently. with with a eighty-seven goal difference, I'm pretty sure it's quite. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also something like uh, you know the the top of the league by six points, and they played four games less than than Levante in second, <laughs> which is you know you just you, you just laugh, you know, you, the all you can do is laugh at that because they've been that good. But I think the UWCL is where you know you actually get tested, like your your metal and your your skill gets tested. Uh, and I think it's it's a good test for Barcelona as well. It's a very good test for us, uh, and you know it, it's going to be a cracking picture. I you know I'm I'm not I'm a little bit scared, but at the same time very excited. And from your team's perspective, who do you think would be key in this kind of fixture? Uh, I think obviously our defenders, Steph, uh, you know Abby, uh, Alex Greenwood has been very good. She's very versatile, so she can play left back or centre back as needed. Uh, I think one player who will be very crucial and who always is very crucial is Kira Walsh because the role she has in the team is very unique uh, and, and she has to make sure that she performs well because the position she plays in which is central defensive midfield is somewhere you have to be very careful on the ball and you have to make those tackles correctly. Otherwise, you know, it, it can end up being trouble for the team. And yeah, everyone else, uh, you know, I think... The midfielders forward, I think, will have to have a good game. They have to be on the top of their game, otherwise, it could end up. I don't. I, I don't think it'll be a thrashing or anything, but yeah, it could. It could end up being bad. If I can just add to that, Barcelona. Uh, I mean, statistically, have a better record in the the Champions League, and obviously, are very comfortable in their uh, domestic league this season as well. And they they have really strong uh, wingers and, and forwards and Lika Martins on one side and Caroline Grahamanson on the other side. And that's where Rahul was saying Kira Walsh comes into play right in the middle because Alexia Puteas and Jenny Hermoso, two Spaniards, they are very, very lethal when it comes to just attacking down the centre and um, taking shots right from the centre in front of the goal and they just put it into the goal. So um, the wingers stretching the, the defence line out and then these uh, two playing um, with each other and getting the ball forward into the box is going to be sort of their approach is, is what I take it to be. So it's going to be really crucial for Kia Walsh at least subdue one of them so that they don't have any partnership in the centre because that could provide... Um, enough goals and assists to uh, take the tie. Yeah, perfect. Uh, rather, while we all, we have you on your uh, the PSG versus Lyon game. I mean, considering if you know the situation mm-hmm. is if PSG qualify, I mean these two these are two huge French giants. Whether it be for the men's game or for the women's game, so how do you see this match pan out? Uh, and you know, like I asked Rahul, you know, who are the key players in these games? Yeah, so Leon again has this rich, rich, rich history and they could like completely shit in this WSL, but sorry, in this Champions League, but they're still going to be those dominant white giants. And, you know, they have that name and that's not going to get erased in one season of poor playing. Having said that, um, in early in the French season, um, PSG obviously um, broke Leon's 80 game winning streak or whatever that was. So that they asserted their dominance and they were set to play this weekend as well. Unfortunately, there were a few COVID positive cases in the PSG camp. So that has been postponed. Um, And probably their round of 16 time might be shifted as well. But 
Yeah, this matchup is going to be one for the ages. It always is. The the both the teams know each other inside out, so there's nothing to hide. There, everything's going to be left on the field. When you when you look at PSG, the likes of Diani and Katoto up top, um, youngsters, French youngsters, but very very swift and very good. They um, they were very good in the I think it was the semi-finals or the quarter-finals last year where they beat Arsenal very comfortably. So that, that's going to be crucial. And as always for Leon, it's going to be Wendy Renard. I mean, she's a centre-back, but her, I don't know, she has over 100 goals for her club. I don't know how she does it. Her headers, her penalties, it's it's going to come down to some strong leadership. Obviously, Marazan as well being the set-piece taker and the the engine in the midfield, the German engine as, as the Germans usually are. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup. It's going to definitely go into the last 10 minutes of the second tie. I think I can predict that from now. All right. I mean, fair enough. But I, did you say that PSG were ahead in the table right now? I, I believe so. They are. I, I can just confirm for you. But they did beat Lyon earlier in the season. I think it was about November or something last year. And, so, yeah. And, and Lyon are the current holders of the Champions League, right? So, do you yes. sign, kind of see them be vulnerable? Because, I, I again, it's, I, I think it's a popular saying in punditry that, you know, teams don't often want to play against in the same league, uh, against teams who are in the same league. Uh, I'm just wondering whether the matchup would kind of mean that Lyon are slightly vulnerable now because they're playing a team that really knows them well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just looking at the table and PSG are ahead by one point in the, the French league. And uh, they're 43, Lyon is 42. They've played equal number of matches and have equal number of wins. PSG has one draw, whereas Lyon has one loss. So coming into this tie, I mean, if the weekend fixture had taken place, that would have been uh, really going to set the tone for, for the quarterfinal coming up. Having not taken place now, we have to look back at their previous meeting, which was earlier on in the season, which PSG managed to uh, take the victory. But Leona, all, all, I mean, if you have that that massive name that they have and the number of titles that they have, uh, you have a sense of expectation. People are expecting you to make it at the final because my first reaction when the draw was finished was, oh, it's a chelsea Leon final. That's what I said. Because obviously yeah. I want my team there and blindly I said Leon has to be there because that's just the reputation they've made for themselves. So they're going to be vulnerable in a lot of senses, uh, much more than probably the previous years because now they're coming off a loss uh, to their opponents from, from the domestic league and that's going to play a big factor. Yeah, definitely. And I think also from a psychological perspective, right, to have to having lost to uh, a fellow uh, rival to then have to play them again. I think, I mean, Rahul might know that from men's football. I mean, Filarima would know that from men's football that, okay, the first example that comes to mind is like Man City, Liverpool or Man City Spurs. He knows how tough it is when he plays a team that's... Don't remind me of it. It's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what. So, yeah, I had to probably do that. But anyway, so, okay, we probably delve into that a little while later. But Filarima, from Chelsea's perspective, I, 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 probably the same questions as to, you know, what do you think uh, you, sh- you will you will expect from Chelsea and Wolfsburg and you know who are the key players in that game? Yeah, so I mean, like I said earlier, this is going to be a very interesting draw, uh, especially for Chelsea. I mean, we've had a very good run since the last season, and being back in the Champions League, this means a lot. I mean, especially for the team, we've won quite a lot, and the only thing missing is that Champions League trophy. So really, looking forward to it. Uh, Looking forward to having harder in our team. That's going to be very interesting. But I think somebody to look out for in the Wolfsburg team is Alexandra. And in it, I think they've been amazing this season. 
I don't want to admit it, but yeah, they've been really good. And uh, Wolfsburgs are like, I think they're second in the table. And uh, yeah. second, yeah, they're second in the table. So, and they've got another game coming up uh, this weekend before beating us on the 24th. So, uh, hopefully, we're going to win this. And I'm looking forward to a Bayern Chelsea game also. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be very interesting. I mean, playing against two German teams. Before we go to the final, I think that's going to, I mean, if we win both games, it's going to really uh, be a very big motivating factor to winning the Champions League. So, yeah, uh, really looking forward to the job. And rather, you mentioned Pernilla Harder is going to probably be returning. It's going to be returning, not probably, yes. but is going to be returning to Wolfsburg. What is the reception? First of all, what is the reception that she should expect? Uh, and second, how crucial will her knowledge be of Wolfsburg. Yeah, so if by reception do you mean the players' reception? Players? I Yeah, there are no fans anyways. It's not like yeah. you could get any reception from an empty stadium. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah from the players itself, yeah. Yeah, so last year, uh, Wolfsburg were in the Champions League final. And I think, they, I mean, they lost that. And I think within a week, she had a Chelsea jersey on and she was in England. And um, that was a really quick transition. And she obviously just dusted it off, said that I need to, this is the right step for me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, it has been. I'm not complaining. I don't think anybody is except for maybe City fans. But um, the fact that she's going to go back there, there hasn't been too much of a change in the Wolfsburg squad. And uh, Phil Arima mentioned Alexandra Pop. There's Friedolina Rolfo, who scored in the semi-final last year, getting Wolfsburg to the final. So they have familiar faces there. Pernella knows a lot of them. Some of them are her Danish teammates. A lot of them are Germans that she's played for three, four years with, uh, having done very well alongside them. So she's going to know them inside out. Maybe not 11 of them, but at least seven or eight. Um, really good players that she's going to know. And likewise, they're going to know her. But we have that advantage of they're just going to know one person. We're going to know eight. So that's always a good sign. And yeah, Wolfsburg, I think, are a fantastic team. We don't, we're don't we not talking about them enough because they're five points behind Bayern Munich in, in the Bundesliga, which is a bit shocking when you look at it because they've been German giants. Bayern, on the other hand, had uh, two good years in 14-15 and 15-16 when Miedema and Lisa Evans were over in Bayern and they won. And in, in fact, Mana Ibabuchi was there too from Aston Villa. So they won those two years and then Wolfsburg was like, okay, no more. And then they completely dominated. Bayern has this resurgence this year, which is very good to see. Making that Rosengard tie a bit more one-sided, I would say. But yeah, it's going to be very crucial to have Pernil. Getting back to your question, uh, she's, she's always been um, a big asset to us since she's joined Chelsea. Even not having played Wolfsburg, she's been so impactful. So playing her old team, it's going to be a fascinating match. Right. And we spoke about mentality a few moments back when we spoke about, you know, Leon and facing PSG having lost to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, or I think Philarima mentioned about, uh, Philarima mentioned about Wolfsburg having stopped Chelsea previously uh, the past three times in the camp- campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. And so how does that sort of work mentally? And also, you know, Emma Hayes, how does she... And I guess the same question with that I asked Rahul with regards to the du- balancing WSL and the Champions League. How does Emma Hayes go about it? Yeah, I, if you had not said Emma Hayes, I was going to say Emma Hayes because Emma Hayes is the, the key to this entire yeah. puzzle or mystery because she knows... I mean, her head has, I think, like thousand nerves twitching per millisecond because she has everything sorted. She knows plans for the next week. She knows what's going to happen in the next game. She's obviously um, going to rotate players. I think in the weekend, we're not going to see too many um, 
star studded players are going to be given a bit of a break after these champions league matches um but yeah you you mentioned the mentality and having been stopped ending three campaigns it's not a small thing it's it's a pretty big thing it's um, a pretty big sort of we always look out for these draws and yet again we've got wolfsburg soon enough so it's going to be massive chelsea are going to go in with everything we we're having a a year like unlike ever before the the way we're dominating all the tournaments we're playing as you mentioned we're playing a lot of tournaments so that's going to be again crucial and i was just thinking about this i would actually want maybe city to beat barcelona only so that they have to play more champions league games and then chelsea can probably overtake them or maintain a good lead in the wsl and, and take that crown as well so that that's a little bit of strategy for, i mean there. for a second for a second you i almost thought you were going to say i hoped city beat us so that we then concentrate on this competition i was like where no, where no, is no, this no, going no. <laughs> okay we Fair we'll enough. meet them in the, yeah we'll meet them in the final if 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 that comes to that but yeah mentality is always a big factor and playing again playing your ex team playing a team that's completely squashed your campaign on multiple occasions there, there's a lot riding on it yeah uh, so i was just mentioning uh, you know the fact that rather talk about mentality um I, i also want to add you know this it's just something about the champions league isn't it when you know you like even if we we, we can you know maybe rest some players when it comes to the league but when it's the champions league you want to play your best team you want to play your best players uh because i don't know it's just something about the champions league we've seen, we've seen it in men's football so many times and and in women's football as well it's just about it has this this little bit more importance than than the league i think and as as rather mentioned again you it then comes down to the managers and you know who they play and who they don't uh, and once you are involved in so many competitions it's very tough or it's very key to to you know keep your confidence keep your uh what do you call it? concentration in place because otherwise one slip up can cost you the game or even the tournament yeah exactly i think if you ask most players they always say that they want to win the champions league over the league i think that just it holds so much more prestige some might say the league definitely uh, shows which is the best team because you have to play that many number of matches over a long period of time whereas the champions league you know it's all about that one good day or two good days like you mentioned you if you lose your concentration even for Three minutes, your three goals yeah. down, which is and and that could kill the tie. So uh, definitely, you know, it, it's a game. It, it's a game. It's a balance about f- uh, physicality and mentally. You know how uh, one can balance that out and how you can overcome any sort of challenges that come your way. Uh, all right, and I guess now we probably move on to the semi-final. And and this is now be going into hypotheticals because we prob because we've got City and Chelsea fans on here. We uh, and I, I suppose because we. kind of established that Bayern would probably beat Rosengard and so yeah i just wanted to know what you'll expect now from your semi final opponents so let's let's probably start with man city also because city you'll have to play either psg or leon say that you want to, you're going to play leon which is probably the best or the current holders is it good though that you're playing you know so many big teams early on uh, early on when i say early on you're playing quarter final semi final that's not really early on but to beat if you manage to beat these two teams you've got that so that amount of positive mindset that you've beaten two of the biggest teams in women's football and now you could probably win the final so is is it important or do you feel that slight nervousness that you're going to face you know two big teams no i mean it's obviously important because uh, when you are going in very deep into the champions league you know you you cannot expect to get easy ties um and i mean up to the round 16 maybe quarter final at at the at the at most you you might get easier draws but when you're in the semi final you're definitely going to have to come up against the biggest teams and 
for us firstly a big if you know on on us beating barcelona but if we do make it to the uh, semi final you know it'll be the psg or leon two fantastic teams you know as we mentioned before uh, and like you said you know prani that whenever you come up come up against the big teams there's always uh, i remember i think reading some interviews here and there that you know it's it's always great to face the bigger teams because it's a bigger challenge for you and you and you have the you know the, the grit and and you know the excitement to to play play those games but uh, you know I, again like on the flip side it also comes down to experience which i think is a little bit of a problem for us because we obviously we haven't played in the deeper stages of the champions league that much if if i were to say and when you come up, come up against like some leon obviously it'll be a big game for for lucy bronze and alex greenwood because they won the champions league with leon and uh, you know they'll they'll be again it's a, it's like the hardest situation with wolfsburg so yeah again you know it's it's going to be very tough but like i said if we do end up beating teams like barcelona and leon it does give you a massive boost in terms of confidence um and you know and then you you think to yourself as a player and and as the manager like go on you know let's 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 go on and get this uh sort of a mindset uh, that develops So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh I think yeah, it kind of could work either way, but it depends on how the mindset you're going into those kind of games. These games are against the big teams. Players are always up for it no matter what. It it'll be interesting to see how I mean if you get past Barcelona that itself, you know, builds yeah, up be, yeah. yeah, that builds up momentum and that sort of yeah, belief. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Belief that you can go ahead and beat the top teams. And uh Philarima from Chelsea's perspective if you were to play against Bayern in the semi-finals what would you expect from Bayern and also how likely are your chances that you could actually see yourself in the finals this year Yeah so I think I mean assuming that we're going to win against Wolfsburg I'm hoping sorry that's the wrong word hoping that we're going to win against Wolfsburg this season I mean this in the upcoming uh, games and facing Bayern I think it's going to be very interesting they're going to be a bit difficult and Bayern they've they're the only german team i think who's not won a champions league so they're obviously going to fight for it because it's going to be a semi final uh, game but i think uh, it's going to be very interesting it's going to be very physical actually and when it comes to the the other semi final draw i hope paris wins against Lyon and I do not want City to reach the semi-final because obviously I don't want another you know English team there being a Chelsea fan I would only want Chelsea there but yeah really looking forward to it Oh well I already know what your answer is for my final question but anyway rather from your perspective okay so another you know one boost for Chelsea is Frank Kirby's contract extension so that already builds your team even more the fact that you yeah. have someone of her quality yeah. for to these kind of games so but what do you expect from bayern as well uh, i just want to know your thoughts on this yeah firstly like frank kirby's contract extension i mean i ordered a kirby jersey the same day so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully i get it and it fits me and everything but yeah that's just a, it's a great confidence boost for the players for herself for the management to see such a top player stay back uh, for a couple more years sign with the club it just it's a good feeling all around um, and as for the chelsea wolfsburg tie i think we've spoken about it enough assuming chelsea overcome wolfsburg and and meet bayern i i really i'm a bit concerned right now because uh, we are arguably on the easier bracket when it comes to reaching the final and 
I don't want to be at that stage where we've played like not the best teams and made it to the final. Whereas the the opponents have played the best, the best, beaten the best of the best, and made it to the final because they're going to be on a confidence high. So that's yeah. a bit concerning. But Bayern's team is is excellent. They've got a. Uh, German powerhouses there. They've got Lia Schuller, uh, I think Linda Dahlman as well, and a Swedish Hannah Glass. Hannah Glass is very underrated. She's, um, I think she's a fullback and uh, she's she's very fantastic. I've seen her play even in, in the World Cup as well. So they have, uh, obviously their stats have shown, their domestic league form has shown how good they are. And they have something to prove because they've, they've always been knocked out in, in the quarters. I think last year, they made it to the quarters and that was their best performance ever, something like that. So they, they've got a lot to prove, as does every team here. Uh, Chelsea Bayern is going to be very interesting. Chelsea obviously have been in the form of their life. Emma Hayes is going to plan well against uh, a tough, rigid German side. But I, I'll say this, I mean, I've said this once and I'll say it again. Pernil Harder has played two Champions League finals. And lost both of them. And there is only one reason why she has moved to Chelsea. And it is to get that Champions League title. Because she believes that uh, this team can complement her skills and her strengths. And uh, this team can can go all the way. So, uh, I, I really have confidence. I don't want to jinx anything. But I really do have confidence in this side to, to beat the best. Because to be the best, you have to beat the best. I mean, there, there's no other way to take the trophy. Yeah, and I can understand your skept- like your slight skepticism or concern early on because uh, yeah. you know there is that slight issue concern about complacency that you because you've been so good and you've beaten you know the not the best of the best but still good teams who made it this so far uh, complacency could creep in but I doubt it. I think seeing how they have been in the WSL and knowing Emma Hayes's mentality herself I doubt it is ever going to creep in and if it, if it creeps in I'm pretty sure she's quick to stamp it out but I'm sure there are you know reasons and Punila Haro would definitely want to get her hands on that trophy. You said that's the reason why she joined Chelsea. I thought you were going to say it's the reason she joined Chelsea was to lose it the third time. But yeah, probably <laughs> third time's the lucky charm. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, okay, I guess now we probably get to our final question of the evening, which is I just want you guys to add all of you to attribute or tell me percentage-wise, what is the likelihood of there being an all-English final? Uh, I know I'm jumping the gun here and it's, you know, we've got way too many games in the future for that to happen. But assuming all of that were to be true, how what is the likelihood given the draw right now that there could be uh, an all-English final? And rather, yeah, why don't we start with you? What's, what's the percentage? Percentage of one English team being in the final is 100%. Okay. Um, um, and... and- I, the listeners know which team I'm talking about. Percentage <laughs> of two teams, two English teams out of two being in the final is, uh, I'm going to say 30-40%, not more than that. Um, only, I mean, nothing against Man City. I, they have a harder bracket, that's just a fact. Um, they've not had a very good record in the Champions League, that's another fact. Um, neither has Chelsea, but we have an easier pathway. So, And we, we've been in top form in other competitions. So all that taken into account... Uh, it's going to be hard for Man City to make it there. But an all-English final, I'm not going to complain. It's going to be a, a cracker of a game to watch. I mean, regardless, I, I think it, it's going to be a, le- a slightly smaller chance that both teams make it. But regardless, it's going to be it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. If you were trying to be subtle initially, uh, well, you weren't too subtle later on when you mentioned Man City by name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the team is sky blue. But yeah, that probably went out the window when you said Man City. Uh, all right, Philarima, your predictions on this. So, like Radha said, uh, I'm pretty sure Chelsea will hopefully make it to the final. But when it comes to City, I highly doubt it. 
but i am honestly looking forward to a chelsea psg final i think that's going to be very interesting all right okay fair enough uh, and rahul i know i pitted you in this podcast two against one and thank god me has not yet there's been three against one uh, go ahead and tell us what you think uh, the likelihood is that we'd have an all english final it's difficult isn't it because i mean i obviously sure <laughs> we've got so many top top games if we make it through and you know keep playing well <clears throat> you know i wouldn't want to doubt the team too much because i think since the turn of the year we've been pretty good in form uh we've been playing some good football as well uh obviously it will come down to a lot of other factors in the champions league as well you know because you're playing teams that you rarely play uh you know in the year like barcelona leon whoever we get you know as rather mentioned again chelsea are on the easier side of the draw and uh, i i fully expect them to make it to the final because when i was watching the first leg against atletico madrid uh, and sofia ingles was sent off i really thought it would be very difficult for chelsea uh and and you know that atletico would probably pose more problems than they than they would with with 11 men 11 women on the pitch uh but you know yeah the, definitely pose a problem if they had 11 men on the pitch yeah something yeah. <laughs> that would you would know that pretty. better than anyone guys <laughs> yeah yeah that's true. ah uh, that yeah yeah of course you would know uh, that better yeah, yeah uh, but yeah that's just nice. you know banter aside i just i just feel like the the way they managed that game um just showed me you know how strong chelsea are mentally and physically the fact that man mialda just slipped into you know the center back position and and neom charles came on and she she was very explosive she was very good on the ball uh it just goes to show that the chelsea players were up for it and that they want uh they they want this this league um similarly to, you know for the city players obviously we had an easier draw against fiorentina and and we played very good football but now is the time to really you know step up our game because like i said barcelona and then leon or psg whoever it's it's going to be very difficult i would want obviously i would want to see an all english final because it's always good to see english teams uh, reach uh, the final of, of you know a prestigious competition like the champions league but yeah again i think in the at the end of the day it could come down to inexperience with regards to the champions league you know having that sort of mentality i don't think we have it completely you know we don't have confidence like leon or someone who who has won the champions league for five years or something but honestly i'm not against it i don't think uh, you know we'll we'll go down without putting up a fight awesome all right and i suppose with that uh, we conclude this particular segment and uh, so thanks rahul pilarima and radha and mia who's going to send us the recording for all for your, your thoughts for providing us your thoughts and for discussing and reviewing this uh, champions league women's champions league draw in detail i can't wait to you know either host you for yeah i'll definitely try and see uh, i mean not try i will definitely have uh, reviews of the games that happen Yeah, definitely the city, Barca, and the Chelsea Wolfsburg. Uh, try to reach out to people who support the other clubs, and we'll try and see if we can have this a sort of review once the first leg is done, or even once if we can't do after the first leg, then definitely after the second leg. So, but apart from that, I'd love to host you for similar such podcasts or. uh you know other podcasts that pertain to your clubs or women's football in general so yeah until then i guess all the best to your teams and yeah may the best team win thanks adiman thanks a lot yeah thanks right. a lot bye bye 
All right, see you. And uh, thank you to those of you who've been listening to this podcast. With the end of segment two of part two, that concludes episode twenty-four of the FFS series. Uh, if you do like the football content that we are putting out here, go check out our previous episodes. You can do that on several different podcast platforms like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, Amazon, Pandora. You name it, we're probably there. All you need to do is just type for football's sake. Uh, and if you have differing views to what you've heard on this podcast today, uh, and if you want to be a part of the podcast as well in the near future, yeah, I'm looking at any women's football fans supporting either PSG, Lee, or Barca. Or just let me know. You can do that either on Instagram or on Twitter, where I try to keep as active as possible. So I guess that's about it for episode number twenty-four. I'm your host, Praddy, once again. I'll catch you all next Sunday. You stay safe and see you.